there's no way I'm ever going to act. It's, I don't, you know, there was a horrible feeling. Welcome to The Story Thinker, a Webtoons and Witcher podcast for superfans with scene-by-scene analysis. Featuring sharp co-hosts for a fuller picture, we dive deep into character psychology, relationships, and theories. We'd love it if you could like, subscribe, comment, and rate us on all podcast platforms and social media. For bonus content, you can support The Story Thinker on Patreon. Let's begin. So, hi everyone, and welcome to a very special episode. We have here with us Nathaniel Jacobs, who not only played Everard on The Witcher, but also was involved in the production. And um, so, editorial PA and second assistant director, which we'll talk about because I'm not quite clear what those terms mean, but I'd love to hear all about what that, what kind of work that entailed. So, before we start, I guess let's just hear more about um, you and your background and where you came from. Um, for me, that's always curious because I think a lot of people feel like getting into something like movies is for like, oh, other people, like I'm not the right person or I can't do it. I don't come from the right place. I don't have the right connections. So I'm always curious to see how like people got to where they are, like where they came from. Sure. I started uh, not officially acting, but I started out as an extra when I was 18 many, many years ago. Um, just because for me at the time, it was another source of money when not doing my, let's say, my normal nine to five job. And doing that, I got to meet some great people and it just sort of progressed. And I was start, you know, starting to be given lines in certain things that I did. And I started to find a bit of a passion for it. Um, so I'd sort of, you know, apply for jobs here and there. And it just sort of started rolling and snowballing. And then I sort of got into acting, per se. Um, and so like you know I did a few short films and other small smaller gigs let's say but while still doing a nine to five and then uh let me think when I first started what was I doing when I first started it was some office job at a water company I think uh I think uh and that was actually like the very first time that I'd come to Soho uh, my very first, yeah, my very first gig as an extra was in Soho, and it's crazy now that I'm almost living in Soho. <laughs> so, yeah, um, so that was that, and I, I never actually thought about acting properly. I never ever trained, or I did like two short courses later in life, like a two-week intensive course, and then a ten-week course that was like once a week. I'd come into London and do a, you know, um, a, a lesson, but that was literally it. So I've had. 20 days of learning or something like that um but in doing so I managed to you know progress in and perform at the Royal Court Theatre and other bits it's it's been quite a quite an amazing journey um so it was always when I did sort of think about getting into this industry it was more for you know trying to act then years later, let's say this is now fast forward to 2018. I had moved to London for an acting gig. Um, and I'd been speaking to people that I'd met along the way um, about trying to do something behind the scenes in production. So when I'm not acting, I'm still in the industry. Um, and learning and doing things but you know I'm meeting people as well as working 
And one that like, earlier in that year, so this is going back to about the March, beginning of the year, March sort of time, I'd spoken to um, an editor who would let me sit in with him for a day uh, just to see if it's something that I'd be interested in. And I was like, that seems interesting. Yeah, why not? Uh, <laughs> and he introduced me to a, an assistant that he had been training up. So we started speaking for about a week or two. And he was like, if there's ever anything that comes up, we can have a trainee on board. I'll give you a shout. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so like I do uh, Secret Cinemas, uh, Romeo and Juliet in the summer. So I moved to London. And then after doing that, it was like, now I'm here. I sort of want to stay here. You know, I, I need a, a proper job. Uh, I, I was Where looking for anything. Um, up near Cambridge, uh, where I'm uh, originally from. Industry there? Um, not really. It's like little bits. It's a really big gaming developer uh, there, um, but not really like film and TV and so forth. So yeah, I was like, now in London, I want to stay here. I'll take any job just to be able to make money and stay in London now. Um, and out of the blue, like whatever higher power there is thank you mm-hmm. i got a call uh one day from this assistant who i'd been speaking to early in the year and he said uh i'm just about to start a job uh, a netflix job on uh sorry i'm about to start this job for netflix and we can take on a trainee are you interested i was like yes absolutely mm-hmm. and he was like, okay let's go for coffee where to meet him uh for coffee uh, and the editor and sat down he told me what the show was and it was like it's the witcher and i know the witcher from the video games because oh, uh, i'm a big gamer mm. i i played i played a teeny tiny bit of the first which nobody ever seemed to play um but the second and i delved a lot more into the third but still to this day haven't had the time to complete it um but i have you know played them and i sort of knew the witcher world vaguely through that but not really for the books Anyway, so he was like, you know, it's The Witcher and Netflix. And I was like, I'm in. If you're having me, I'll absolutely do it. And, um, but incidentally, that same day, another job came through. Literally, as I got out of that interview, I had an email saying, you know, there's another job for another really big company. Um, Do you want to come for an interview? So I found them was like, I'm in the city now. I'll come and see you. They're like, yeah, absolutely. This is perfect. So because I didn't really have that much money, I ran across the city to go have this interview went really well and they said um you know we'll let you know by the end of the week and which was due to start i think it was the 29th of october this other job was due to start the fifth so i was like i'll take this one it's earlier anyway waited waited they had production issues and it was put back um but i sort of tentatively i was like well i'm interested in the witch the other one it was a good job but i'm not that passionate about it so i said yes to the witcher job and one of the best decisions i've ever made and you know the rest is history as they say so um season one i was on as a um trainee assistant editor but credited as a um, editorial pa Mm -hmm. and that was basically learning the ropes of how the editorial how the editorial um process and workflow worked I had done silly little music videos when I was younger and cut them and, you know, shot them and, you know, um, and it was sort of like, I, I sort of have an idea of what editing is, but not really. Um, so in that, I learned a whole heap 
um, of what I now do for, you know, when I, anytime I'm not acting, I'm in editorial. Um, and I learned all of that on season one of The Witcher, uh, which is a hell of a starting point. <laughs> Yeah, right. It's like mm. starting on one of the top ten shows on Netflix. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, and it's it was insane. The team was lovely. We had a wonderful time. It, uh, and then obviously the show it became what it is. It's just phenomenal. I, I sort of really hit the ground running, and I, you know, I'm extremely grateful. But at the same time, I don't take it for granted at all. So yeah, um, yeah. So that was. So that's how I got into the editing side of things. Um, and then moving guess, forward. Can I, can I stop it there? Before we get yes. to talk more about The Witcher. So it sounds like, some, this is kind of um, surprising to me. It sounds like you never really thought about being an actor until um, you were 18, like like minimum. What did, yeah. what did you want to do growing up? Like what was always your dream? <laughs> you <were a> kid? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, as a kid, you know, it'd go from being an astronaut to, you know, a train driver or something. <laughs> uh, I didn't ever really know what I wanted to do and one I I definitely did not want to be an actor because I remember there was a school performance when I was 11 um, of Jonah Man Jazz and I got the role of God yeah. <laughs> and you know I'd rehearsed my lines remember them it was good and fine to performing to my peers in the day uh went well and then it was the parents at night mm-hmm. the night performance <laughs> was one of the worst experiences of my life it was I, <laughs> I, can, I can visualize it now everything was going fine and I know my cue and I'm stood up on this platform off the side of the stage um and my line's up and it's the first bit is and God said mm-hmm. That's all I can remember. And I repeated that same line about four or five times, just, and God said, and somebody passed me up the script. And I remember just sort of holding it in my front of my face, like literally like here, trying to hold back tears <laughs> through <laughs> embarrassment. Um, and then after that, it was like, net, like there's no way I'm ever going to act. It's, I don't, you know, there was a horrible feeling. Um, so about hmm, five years later, there was an opportunity in school to perform in an assembly. And for, they were like, you know, the teachers were like, next week, you guys are going to do the assembly. You can do whatever you want. You can dance, you can sing, you can do whatever. Um, just sign up when you leave. Well, okay, never thought anything about it. For some reason, my friends were walking that way, but my legs, whilst I was looking that way, my legs were going that way oh. to sign up. And I was like heavily into hip-hop at the time and for some reason never done it before in my life but I said that I'm gonna go rap no. never written a song never attempted anything like it but I now had a week to go write learn perform a song in front of like 300 of my peers and however many teachers um <laughs> and I think it was 13 acts who performed uh at the assembly I was the only one to get a standing ovation. Wow. Uh, even though to me, I, I fluffed a part of it. Um, nobody else knew, but I knew that obviously. And then I had to sort of freestyle because I couldn't remember what, what the <laughs> lyrics were, uh, but covered it well. And it was in that moment that I was like, I I enjoyed the the feeling of 
being one, being able to entertain people and two, just, you know, just the self-confidence it gave me. Um, I, I enjoyed performing. I, I still didn't think about acting, but I was like, okay, now I'm obviously going to be like a world famous rapper. Right. Uh, <laughs> That's where we all go, right? Of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, overnight. Um no, and then that's the that's why, you know, I, I my that's where I was looking to go. I left school and went to college and did music technology. Mm-hmm. Um met a DJ there. Um and there was a time where I was uh we were in the studio and he was just playing some beats on the decks and I was in the booth, so I just started rapping. And he recorded what I did and played it back. And I had no idea that he was recording. I thought we were just sort of messing about. And he was like, oh, you know, do you want to come perform with me? Uh, he was you know, a few years older than me. I was 16. He was, I think, you know, uh, 18, 19, 20, something like that. And he was like, oh, come perform, you know, with this group that I perform with. And yeah, 16 started performing in clubs, which, you know, overrating supposedly, but <laughs> I just looked asked. older. <laughs> yeah, nobody asked. I looked old. Um, and yeah, that was, I, that's my sort of first foray into getting paid properly for, um, for entertaining people. Yeah. That's cool. So it's, I mean, I appreciate what you said about how you felt like that you enjoyed entertaining people. Do you feel, since you're doing kind of, well, both acting and editorial, is that, do you kind of feel like you're satisfying both of those? Does any one of them speak more strongly to you? Uh, so of late, especially during season two, um, I a few people have asked me uh, which I if I could only do one, which one I do, and I I've thought about it a lot um, over the past few years. And genuinely, if I can get a balance of the two, that would be ideal because I'd love to do an acting gig, you know, and just focus on you know a film or a show or something for you know three, four, five months or whatever focus on that, take a month out here and then go do an editorial job um, because I feel that the two inform each other very well. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot about um, screen acting through watching the rushes that would come in. So season one, uh, I'd see, you know, the rushes come in, go through all the shots and stuff, and then it would rushes be watching... being like the daily footage before it's edited. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, yes, yeah, yeah. You know, every single take that's ever shot. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it would be looking at why an editor chose one shot over another, one performance over another, one bit of dialogue over another. And then you see notes from the directors or the producers um, and why they think, you know, what shot should be chosen. So it's, so you'd watch and you go, oh, okay, I see that in that performance. You know, I might not agree with that, but a whole on the whole, I see why it's been chosen. Um, so that I use that to sort of inform a lot of what I do. And then from the acting side, it would be looking at, okay, let's give options. Some directors sort of don't push for options. Um, and some really like having options. Some want, you know, it done in a very specific way. Um for me it's obviously the scenes can be played in you know a multitude of different ways and it's okay let's do let's you know the director says let's do it like this you're okay and then you can go sort of go can I try it like this afterwards or so forth um yeah so I just feel that the two inform each other so I'd 
I'd ideally like to do both, but if I could only do one, I think it would probably be acting. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm also one of those people I don't like to do only one thing. I like to do a mm. lot of things because yeah. uh, there's so much wonderful things to do. <laughs> okay. Yeah, of course. I want to say no. <laughs> <laughs> so before we talk a little bit more about The Witcher, what um I was looking through, you know, your IMTB and um I've seen, you know, your other acting credits. So I guess if you want to pick some highlights to talk about um things that you liked and what you learned from working on those different roles. Okay. Um, one of the most informative that I did back in 2012 was a short film called The Weight, um, mm. where it was, I, I remember seeing sort of the, um, the online description of what it was, and it was these two uh, robbers who got caught, or did a bank heist, um, but it's not actually about the heist. It's that they somebody saw, somebody saw them, uh, saw their faces, and in doing so, they had to kidnap this guy. Mm. And I like the fact that the original concept is the whole thing. It's only I think about six or seven minutes long, but the whole thing is just on like the victim slash captures guy's face, and you never oh. see uh, the the two guys who kidnap him, the two robbers. Um, and it's them trying to figure out what to do with him. And, you know, uh, I played a character called Benny. Um, and Jason Lee Deer played a guy called Ronnie. And it's basically the, the back and forth between these two where they've got this guy tied up to a chair, you know, gagged mm. and the rest of it. And that was, it was just so intense to shoot. Um and the concept behind it was so fun and so again tense to watch back it was it was just brilliant that's one of my favorite things that I've done to to date um as far as like sort of short as far as short films go um no, I'm, I'm terrified for what happened to the guy <laughs> <laughs> I'm really nervous. <laughs> ask you to say it and spoil it, but <laughs> it's and it's good because you don't see it, and it's the two of them trying to toy with: should they kill him, or should we not? And I think it was it's Benny who initially says, "You know, we should kill this guy." Ronnie's like, "Well, I'm not a killer," mm. um, and the dynamic slowly starts to turn. Mm. But that's as much as I'll say because okay. it's it's a very it's a very good short. Um, but I learned a lot from that. That was one of my first proper, um, like heavy dialogue, very sort of tight back and forth. We would do the whole thing in one take each time. We would never stop. Um, so that sort of taught me a lot to be like, you know, you have to know your lines. You have to be on it. You have to sort of feel the energy of the situation and you know how it the dynamic changes between the two characters um it was it was fun super fun um another really 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 good experience for me which i think uh has sort of lived and will continue to live um as a very important part of this journey was um performing at the royal court theater i never considered myself to be um you know a theater actor I would always wanted to do screen whenever it was like if ever it had an inkling of I want to act it was screen opportunity came to perform at the Royal Court and one is the Royal Court Theatre and two 
it's theatre and it's the whole thing of I think theatre can keep an actor sharp because you know there is no cut there is no let's go again it's you're out there you know if it's a 20 minute show an hour show that's once you're out there you're out there um and that again it helps you focus it helps you just there's a certain there's a completely different energy about it which is why I thoroughly enjoyed that and the next thing um because it's completely different but similar to standard theater is immersive theater which I again I had no real idea about it before I did it um and that was this is yes yeah it's uh, exactly that so this was secret cinema um since uh it was Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet and I had a friend who was a producer on the show who sort of invited me to so I think um, you're talking about the immersive theater. Yes, um, Romeo and Juliet, um, and it was a friend who was a producer on the show, and she in, uh, she invited me to go and oh, bu- 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 lost my train of thought to go and audition. And she was trying to tell me what immersive theater is, and I was like, "What?" So <laughs> this show was running for three hours um and it's purely immersive well the first three hours are purely immersive the world the world is built and as an actor you you inhabit a character within the world and then the audience come in and you live and breathe Mm -hmm. the world and in this case it's like a prequel to the start of the film uh so for us it was like a peace a truce between the capulets and montague a peace Mm -hmm. day and you know i was a i was a montague so with all my montague fam it would be like oh hey you know i'd be like lovely to them but as soon as like capulet would come along or you know if you had friends who would be mixed capulets and montagues would montagues be like yeah friends 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 capulet Hmm. you know (laughs) um and so that was like you lived the world for the first sort of three hours and then the last couple of hours when you're watching the film Part of it is you bring the film to life as it's playing. So it'd be on a, um, you know, a big screen with a stage and we'd be, when there were like dance sections, we'd all be dancing. If there were like battle fights, there would be fights going on. It was, it's like nothing I'd ever experienced before. Um, and again, from an actor's perspective, really, really, really good to keep you sharp um, because every single day is different. Uh, you don't know what you're going to get from people because you obviously have to it's you know there's certain things happening at certain times so you'd be like okay well you know five minutes I need to be over there but it's working your way over there you don't just cut what you're doing um it yeah it was just truly truly one of a kind I'd never done anything like it and I'd love to do it again because it is so different and so fun even though the film's the same you've got key points that you've got to you know sort of do like little scenes let's say there would always be always be different because you don't know if certain people want to play or not you try and get them to play if they don't you don't force them and you still obviously other character within the world at all times it's just super fun um so there was that and that was the job oh wonderful like I hated the uh (laughs) the um rehearsal part because I had no idea what I was doing some of the guys there 
truly, truly phenomenal actors. Um, and I'm watching going, like, why was I even chosen <laughs> among these people? They're genuinely, like, amazing, amazing people. And imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. max level. <laughs> but, again, an experience um, that will live with me forever. And that was the job that I moved to London for. Mm-hmm. Um, then, whilst on season one of The Witcher, I was still doing, like, little gigs here and there. And a notable one um, was uh, 10 Steps to Murder. Uh, I played, uh, well, I portrayed serial killer Jesse Matthews. Um, That I got purely for, you know, being big and black with dreadlocks. But (laughs) it was, again, it was something super fun to film and tried like it was no, it was only for the b-roll footage it was trying to just sort of understand you know who he was is as a person the case um and just you know sort of delve in because it is obviously something that's terrible and dark but um the fact that we we managed to you know bring it to life in such a way um it was just interesting to me and it was it was fun because obviously everybody was lovely and it was you know a fun you know a few days of shooting but still something you know portraying a serial killers you know it is what it is yeah i i remember um i was watching uh the abc murders with uh Eamon Farron yes and, and yeah, Anya. what and Anya's in that, I believe. Yeah, I know. It was mm. it was very funny because um, <laughs> you know, the, the biggest like laugh I had out of that was um, I'm like watching it and suddenly Rupert Grint pops up and I am the Harry Potter generation and obviously mm-hmm. like when I was a kid, I was like, Rupert Grint was going to be my husband, like obviously. In the <laughs> and, <laughs> and he pops up and I'm like, I cannot believe that I'm watching this and I'm watching it because of The Witcher and I didn't even know that Rupert Grint was in it. It's just hilarious. Right. But I was watching an interview with Eamon and he was talking mm. about how like he was trying to get into the mind of, of a killer, which mm. misled me. Uh, I won't try to get any spoilers, but whatever. Um, so, <laughs> but anyway, so that's like similar to, I mean, you know, if your your role in as playing Jesse Matthews is trying to like get into that mind frame. Yeah, it was, and luckily for me, it was like mostly of the shots that I had done, that I'd done rather in a bar or the gym, which... Mm. You know, I when I do gym when I'm not on like time off like I am now um it was just sort of fun because I again I'd never done boxing but we were in a boxing gym for it and I you know I'd never done boxing never thought about doing boxing but there was the trainer there was like showing me to how to you know hit a bag and how to just sort of hold myself so again it was still learning um but at the same time I'm I do love my gym um so it's good to sort of just sit there and work out even though there were moments where, where I was on the squat rack and they were like, you know, don't need to put like heavy weights on it or whatever. We shoot it without the weights, but just you obviously show you're lifting heavy weights and stuff. So it's like, whatever. And there's like, you can actually see the plate and it's like, I think we've got like fives on each end. So it's like the <laughs> as light as it can almost be. But I'm making it look super heavy. It's like, we've got some weak ass legs. There's only like fives on there. <laughs> but oh, cheers guys. But no, still fun regardless. <laughs> Yeah, I have a brother who's very into into working out, so he can do a lot. 
Um, but yeah, so I guess getting, getting to the Witcher now. So what was, um, you started talking about it. You were, you know, training in like the editorial department. So who, who did you work with on a daily basis and what was your, you know, daily path? So getting the rushes, choosing the parts and. Um, so I was working, um, season one, I was predominantly working with, uh, the first assistant or first assistants who, uh, Tom Chapman and um andrush uh tom and andrush but then we had um elliot and james and i learned a whole bunch from these guys but the editor that i worked closely with was liana she was on edit um on episodes one two seven and eight um but i did work across all the apps hence i got to learn and you know a whole amount by sort of seeing and going through everything but I was doing a lot of the temp sound design in particular. So saw clashes in battles, footsteps down hallways, you know, monster sounds, um, just sort of bringing the world to life. It's funny, like, you know, I get given a scene and the editors, you know, laid the picture and it's only got the, um, oh, the playback sound. So it's completely empty apart from like, you know, episode one scene 14 the battle scene um spoiler alert where iced and calanthe are on the hill and iced gets um but seeing that with no sound or just like you know the 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 grunts from the actors and the extras and stuff it feels super super empty and it's almost like everybody's in school like play fighting Uh, so it's just like really bad but when the sound is added I think the the sound is what brings the picture alive but the music is what gives it emotion and power Um, so I would be doing like sword sounds and whatever and then sending that back and then do those sounds are they recorded live or is there like a stock that you oh uh, as an assistant you need to build a huge library of sound effects um something i learned very 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 quickly i now have i think a two terabyte drive of pure just sound effects um which i still add to every job that i'm on but yeah so i would do some temp foley myself um and a key there's a key moment of uh which i'll there's a when the first trailer for The Witcher came out, there's a moment where Geralt um, takes a bag of coin from a guy in a bar. He's asked him, said about the devil stealing grain um, and they're bartering. And Geralt grabs the bag of coin and there's no sound. There's no real sound. So, you know, you want to make it sound like there is money in there. And I couldn't find a decent sound effect. So what I did... I emptied my wallet of all the change I had in there, took off my shoes and sock, put the money in my sock and would like, just recorded this with like with my phone, but would drop the sound, you know, drop the sock with the coins in my hand to get the sound of it being, you know, taken and grabbed. Um, and I think, I think in the actual, tra- I'm not sure if they swapped that out. Um, obviously in the final thing they did, but I think in the trailer, I think it was still might've been, my money suck um <laughs> so there you go it's a little bit um and then there's stuff like um 
ADR, which is autonomous dialogue replacement. Um, and that's whenever a line needs to be delivered different or it's a new line that's been written that wasn't in the script that they added, they've added after they finished filming and that needs to be put in. So I would do, I used to like do, I used to do voices um, as a kid. So when I got told what ADR was, and you know, we'd be asked to do temp ADR for extras or for cast when it's like new lines and stuff, I would, you know, go and just record on my phone, you know, the new line. So when you and say ADR, meaning hmm. it's kind of like a placeholder and then... They yeah, so that's exactly it. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly that um, placeholder. And then when the cut's ready to go to, you know, have proper ADR done, it goes to the ADR guys, they'll get the actor in. Sometimes they'll have, like, my dialogue in there, listen to it, they'll take it out, the actor will record their stuff properly, comes back to us, we'll lay the real thing in. Um, so mm-hmm. ours is really to either for tone for pacing and time it'll just just depend but I (laughs) and that was sort of like one of the key things that was um that swung me getting a uh an audition for season Um, two yeah let's hear about that (laughs) um I'm going to apologize to Lauren now um because I so skip back I I said I've been doing small acting things whilst I was on season one so every now and again I'd jump out for a day for rehearsals or leave early for rehearsal at night or a show at night uh, depending on what I was doing and again being a fan of the Witcher world I um a few of us would joke that it'd be fun for, for me to be in season two <laughs> so and I was like obviously show like it's never gonna happen not in a million years um and then it was um liana who said that i should you know just ask if i can audition and i was like it seems a bit mm. she's like what you know what you got to lose what the only thing they could say is yes or no and i was like yeah you know but i've got feelings so they could be hurt but you know digress. <laughs> <laughs> um so some of the other assistants and i they would sort of joke and go you know, it'd be fun to see me. It was Andrash who would say as a um, Nilfgaard soldier who would then get stabbed in the eye. And I was like, cheers. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was James who would say that he could see me as a witcher. Um, they're like sharpening my sword at one point. And I was like, oh, okay, I can't see it, but cool. Anyway, those are sort of jokes that we'd make in the uh, in the cut rooms. So sort of one day, um, this was, I know, I'd only been there for probably like four or five, five or six months, sorry. And I wrote Lauren an email. Um, just it was the world's worst, most babbling email. I don't know if you can tell, but I just rambled a lot. Um, and I sort of said, you know, I'm, I really love the show. I'm, I, I do act, and I'm, mm-mm. but could I audition for season two if they haven't already cast season two? Because I didn't know how early on that they were casting. Um, so. Lauren, <laughs> Lauren got back to me um, and, you know, said that I wasn't being cheeky or anything. And, you know, she would introduce me to uh, the casting director. Uh, we'd have a chat about it. Sorry? Sophie Holland. Sophie yeah. Holland, indeed. Yes, yeah. Um, and, 
she, you know, we discussed it when she got back because she was still in um, LA at this time, um, and she was supposed to come back. Yeah, I think it was in June, but obviously there were things, we there were reshoots and whatever, and obviously we were ex- exceedingly busy trying to get the episodes all locked at that point. So, and I, you know, I can't really sort of go, Lauren. Uh, so I just sort of left it. Mm-hmm. Um, never spoke about it uh, again or whatever, and you know, it, Lauren executive producer showrunners is you know uh, it's already I think I was already feeling bad enough that I sent this terrible email anyway so that was that I show comes out everything's good fine and then over sort of the Christmas January break the industry sort of goes quite quiet um yeah sort of December through till the beginning of February those two months are quite quiet I had just been asked if I wanted to um, be assistant editor on another show, which I just said yes to. And the very next day, I got an email uh, out of the blue from Sophie saying that I had been put forward for a role. Um, and could I come audition? And <laughs> I remember I, I was actually, I was sat where I am now and it was I sort of read it, read it again. I was like, this is, it was insane. They're like the 12 year old school kid in me was just like, eh. <laughs> on the outside, it's like, even though it's only me here, I was still just trying to sort of be cool and just sort of, okay. <laughs> so, um, uh, spoke with Sophie and then, uh, went to go down and do my audition. Uh, and I was obviously like making sure that I was off script by that point. I, I couldn't go in and, and still have my script with me um I couldn't I just couldn't do that uh and yeah it went I felt it went reasonably I always sort of score my own performances just to see you know how how I think um because if I do something terrible I'll be the first person to be like that was a bit shit um did you know you were auditioning for a witcher role not until well no when I got the email um it said it didn't say who or in what capacity it just said for you know for one of our witches mm. and that was the insane part for me i again i had a inkling of where season 2 was going to go while still on season 1 uh, i didn't know anything but i had an inkling um and the fact that yeah it was for one of the witches it's it just seemed so surreal so i was from that moment, I was super focused um, and just trying to, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to do my lines. I've got to get back in the gym because, you know, look at who I'm going to be around. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, yeah, it was, um, I literally, from that moment, it was just, everything was here, tunnel vision, just, you know, get myself set for it. It was insane. Um, but I didn't get told that I'd got the role straight away. I think it took about another two and a bit weeks um two couple of weeks or so and in that couple of those couple of weeks uh talking about like editorial jobs and stuff and I just couldn't focus mm. um but you know uh, did you have to say no to the other job I I had to tell the editor that asked me what was happening because I wouldn't like it'd be hard to sort of go oh, I'm gonna go do another editorial job um like I can't work with you so I sort of had to say it was going to be an acting job um I couldn't say what it was but I was like 
I'm not going to be able to because a, a really like big acting gig has come up uh, and they were super super cool with it thankfully um they understood and they were like go you know there'll be plenty of chances to work together afterwards um but i still did go out and help out on that show for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. um then finished on that when i went to go across for like my fitting and costume makeup eyes um and all that stuff um so it's sort of everything sort of fell perfectly in time um and i'm again i'm super super grateful to the editor who sort of asked me to work with them and then was like you can go do this mm-hmm. we'll work together in the future so yes thank you how did you feel when you got the role like did you get an email or a phone call uh i t- so to get told i got the role um phone call and again i can't say too much about that phone call uh, but I again it was one of those things of I was told and it's I heard it but I didn't hear it and it sort of went and I was like a little bit I just felt I just felt like my heart like even though I've been told yes I got it uh, I was still like mm, and on the phone again try to be sort of cool oh no you know thank you very much it's great it's amazing thank you but like inside just um yeah that's fun (laughs) reminds me when um I was dating my husband so basically we were in touch with someone else who kind of asked me if he wanted to go out with me again and um I was very nervous he would say no and I got the phone call and um the guy said yes that he said he wanted to go out again and I was just jumping up and down without (laughs) without like making any noise on the phone (laughs) (laughs) I was very excited. You know, absolutely. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, good. Yeah. So, yeah. So for the second season, you did Everard. You played Everard. And then you also did, what was the thing? Second assistant director. So uh, editor. Had, editor. Editor. Oh, editor. Editor. Yeah. Editor. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. I, I <laughs> sorry. No, that's all right. Yeah. So what was, what did you do? And was it hard to juggle both? Were you like extremely busy? I mean, they thought you were going to be episodes again. Yeah, so I, again, I was across all eight apps for uh, a second assistant editor. A uh, second assistant editor is essentially like the first assistant's assistant. So I was like the assistant, the first assistant editor's assistant, basically. Um, and two of the assistants I had worked with on season one. Uh, the other assistant I had met before, but like we all got on um, and sort of knew you know where we were with things so it was all great um but I had been tentatively tentatively asked if I would do season two whilst on season one I was like yeah because I didn't think you know it'd be acting and then I got the acting gig well got the acting part of it first and when I went to go sign my contract um I was officially asked then um is uh one of the uh exec producers saw me was like i heard you got a role and i was like yes <laughs> so we still come back to the cutting room so oh, if you'll have me yeah sure why not mm-hmm. um and it was literally uh so i started my first actual shooting days were the very beginning of september and i started back in the cutting rooms at the beginning of october this is 2020 mm-hmm. um so i would be you know at the studio on set so this was you know, after because the pandemic was March. So this was after you guys already returned back to filming. 
Yes, we were, because my first filming day was supposed to be, I think, the 26th of March. <laughs> we went into lockdown on the 23rd. <laughs> so it was just like, oh, I was wounded. Um, so excited. Were you worried that it wouldn't happen? Uh, no, just went into lockdown for four months. Um, obviously, I'd gone, had, you know, makeup and eyes and whatever else. Done it all, you know, a couple of times, you know. Um, I was set to go film. And then three days before the first day of filming, lockdown. <laughs> um, but throughout that time, I was speaking with a couple of the other guys I knew were on board, like Chewy, like Jota, um, Paul. Um, but Paul, I hadn't told Paul that I was going to be a witcher. I got talking to him from editorial standpoint. Um <laughs> You know, on social media and stuff, and, and then you I think it know was, each other socially before you acted together. Uh, no, I no, no, I didn't know any of the guys. Um, I had met some of the, like you know the cast and crew who on you know the end of season one, um, but the guys who joined in season two, um, so like essentially all the all pretty much all the witches, I didn't know any of them before we started. Um, I met Chewy and Hota when we went for our fittings and stuff it was the three of us um the other guys I hadn't met but I started talking to Paul um through social media at first and we actually built up a relationship during lockdown mm. uh, which was interesting um but yeah so um well I've just lost my train of thought uh, September October oh, oh that was it sorry yes um so yeah was first filming day was beginning of September now been filming obviously on and off for those four weeks and then went back to the cutting room or started at the cutting rooms and yeah it would be I would be in the cutting room Sunday some days and then when I'm filming just go to set next day I'll be doing my own rushes <laughs> um watching the footage back going well that was a shit take that was, a, that was <laughs> all right that one was terrible um and yeah the only time there was one day um which should have been harder than I thought um there was a day I was in the cutting rooms on a Friday until reasonably late um and I think I got back about half I got home about half nine in the evening mm. then the call sheet came through because we were filming Saturday uh, and the call sheet being like your, uh, just, your schedule or something yeah for what we're filming the next day what time we're getting picked up uh, what time we need to be at the studio and that sort of thing what scenes um <laughs> yeah I had a um three a quarter past three pickup for a 4 30 call time oh so I literally was, I looked at the time was like if I want to get any sort of decent amount of sleep I have to go to sleep right at this second <laughs> so but I just got home so I, was like, I still need to shower I'm not gonna eat but I was like shower okay cool we'll shower go straight to bed I think I had about two and a half or three hours sleep nice. <laughs> alarmed up get ready go to the studio and I didn't miss a beat that day not like acting wise but I just didn't feel like I'd only had two or three hours sleep it was just that one was pure excitement because it was a really fun scene for me to do I won't say which one but it was oh, no. a really good fun scene for me <laughs> I'm that curious day. to see yeah. <laughs> 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 make your team are amazing <laughs> 
So yeah, uh, that's the only time I think it should have been quite hard, but it wasn't. But getting the balance of going to, you know, going to set and then being in the cutting rooms, it was um, a, a learning curve uh, for sure. But it was, regardless, it was, you know, it was a fun experience because it's something that I could never, it meant like early on people say, you, you know, you won't be able to do both, you have to choose, it'll be acting or editing. And then uh, I got to do both in one show on the same season. So, yeah, yeah I was uh, immensely, immensely, you know, privileged to be able to do that. And, and I thank everybody cool. who let it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad that, you know, you also had the, the confidence to say, yeah, I can do it. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, of course. In the back of my mind, what have I done? No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's fine. It was, um, you literally just have to sort of think about things differently because, Obviously, on on set, you sort of have to, you know, know, you know how you how you're moving when you, you know, you block a scene out. It's like remember that it's it's it, for me. It was slightly more creative, even though like when I had lines, it was like remember lines. But at my stage of editorial, it's quite um, it's it's sort of very systems based. You know, it's you know, exports turnovers and it's technical stuff basically um so i could easily go between the two because i don't have to use the same part of my brain constantly thank thankfully mm. were you doing the same thing for the second season that you did the first season like doing foley and stuff like that or oh. <clears throat> sorry you were not doing that mm. yes that was still a large part of it um but there was sort of more so that was again that was like the a bit of a creative side but this time it was more being on sort of like turnovers and um playouts and just sort of sorry can you define turnovers and playouts oh so (laughs) so turnovers turnovers are where you're passing things over to other people in the creative process so you can be turning over for the visual effects team sound team music um picture for grade it's when you pass over uh, all the material that you have to those teams so they can work and then you get back their work and then lay into the cut mm. and stuff um so yeah it's all sort of technical and specs and workflows um yeah it's it, it's it's yeah but i was on marketing um this year so the initial trailer i think went out for um WitcherCon. that was like you know handed it off to the marketing department who made the trailer and then it came back to us and i had to rebuild it with the official shots that didn't have like watermarks and stuff on it mm-hmm. um so i was like the first person in the world to see that trailer really? <laughs> uh, and it's like complete um sort of clean form um which was pretty amazing um, but yeah <laughs> So yeah, until yeah, until my departure, it was very focused on the uh, marketing side of things. Cool. So, what was like? Um, you know, when you, when you said you had to wake up at like four in the morning. Um, first of all, I'm curious, like, why do you have to wake up so early? <laughs> and what was what was an average like filming like? So I, I was in this extra once on like a TV show, and my impression was like, oh my goodness, this is a lot of waiting around. <laughs> I'm like, why well, didn't I bring a book? <laughs> so what what was that like? <laughs> um, 
so yeah i again um work as an extra i i know that struggle and it is a lot of waiting isn't it and not being told what's going on um for us with this it was like an acting side of things it's obviously with covid it would be we would get picked up go to the studio go to our trailer and well before we sorry even before that it would be we would obviously be going get swabbed and tested and stuff and then it would be we'd sit literally be in our trailers until we got a negative test result <laughs> so that result back is literally just like and we couldn't really mingle with each other we had to obviously stay apart so we'd be shouting across to each other uh, if we wanted to have a conversation they'd be like yeah you're right yeah you know um so that was a lot of that was just waiting for that and then once that had done it would be into makeup it'd be you know into all getting ready um and so my my makeup which i adored um devs and the team did an amazing job of making everyone look badass um <laughs> usually yeah, i'll be in the chat awesome. <laughs> amazing and then the scars i think it was eight scars one two three four five six seven eight scars um yeah that was that was amazing i was in the chair usually for about an hour and 20 each time um but on this other day where i had to go in early it was um a bigger makeup and that one i think was that one was probably just more than two hours mm-hmm. and then i had to have my face done so i think i was in like for 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 almost four hours of makeup that day <laughs> What do you do while you're on that chair? Do you like pause, listen to podcasts? Um, I I would talk to um, my makeup artist a lot, um, a lot of the time. But I, because yeah, I didn't want to have sort of my headphones on. Plus, I was like, I, I did my own hair, which means I didn't really have to do anything to it. I'd literally just put it to like one side and back, and that'd be it. Um, but I would sort of, for some reason, I I would do my hair before I got into makeup so I wouldn't ever like have my headphones on um but I would yeah I talk to my makeup artist a lot and sometimes I'll just be going over my lines or whatnot there <laughs> I have to say this because this is like like Kim uh Kim Bonnie who plays Vesemir I love him to death there was like times where I'd be in the makeup chair and I'd have been like you know have my eyes closed makeup's going on and then my makeup artist would stop and I, you know, wouldn't think of anything of. I think you know, brushes being cleaned or changed, or whatever. And I just feel these arms around, <laughs> and without opening my eyes, I knew it was Kim every time. He's just like, "Morning, Kim." Aww, <laughs> Morning, nice. bless it. I like he's genuinely. I mean, every everybody genuinely super lovely, um, but Kim. There was something about Kim. Um, whenever like he was around, I see completely why he was you know, cast as Vesemir, as like the father figure for all of us. He's, there's something magnetic about him and his laugh is so (laughs) infectious and contagious. It's, it's brilliant. He's just, just wonderful. Um, But yeah, so I'll be like in my chair and I just like feel, and on that morning, um, I can't, like that morning was such a blow, I think, because I was tired. I think I may may have even dozed (laughs) off in the chair for a change, but um, (laughs) <laughs> um yeah that that day was just super fun that was it yeah because i didn't see i don't think i saw paul and yaz that that day um until um we were until we were filming i don't think either way sorry that's me digressing <laughs> <laughs> that's cool so 
I mean, your character, uh, spoilers ahead, um, is the first one killed by Siri. So were you were you disappointed that you were killed off and you know couldn't come back? Maybe <laughs> so with this, um, I remember like I got the first four scripts um, when I went to sign my contract and stuff. And then we went into lockdown and I still only had the first four. So I read the first four through like numerous times. And then um, the assistant editor for episodes five and eight uh, said that he had got the scripts for that. We were talking and he was like, yeah, I've got, I've got the, uh, you know, the last script. And I was like, oh, cool. Didn't think anything of it. And he goes, do you want me to tell you? And I was like, why? He goes... <laughs> die and I was like what <laughs> and he told me how and I was like what <laughs> um so I was like a bit mm, for like uh the from when he initially told me and sort of I let it you know it settled I didn't even think about it and then I got the scripts the last four scripts whilst in lockdown read them through and got to that and it was a bit like actually it's kind of cool I was <laughs> like it is it's a cool moment um how it's done uh sort of the what's going on behind it all i think uh it's very it's very good it's fitting it's and plus it's a scene with just you know freya and i um which was which was fun to do that morning we spoke about it um and (laughs) when i i remember when i was in the cutting rooms talking to the guys about it um and you know, we were just sort of going, they were like, how are you going to do it? And I was like, well, you know, I'm dead sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get up and like fight her. Um, but no, we just sort of said like, you know, about grabbing her wrist and staring her down and then sort of being surprised that it's her. And like, we like <clears throat> spoke to Freya about it and she was like, you know, open the thing, spoke to Ed, the director about it. Um, yeah, no, it was just, it was really fun. And that was, okay, well now that's out uh, in the open. That was like the makeup day um, because mm-hmm. I had this big piece yes. that went from, yeah, from my ears sort of down to uh, my my lower sternum. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously that pumped blood through, which uh, I didn't get out of my hair for three months. Um, yeah, what is it made out of? Ooh. I don't know, but all I remember is that it was like really cold. Um, and... <laughs> The very Did it first multiple times or like once. Yes, so uh, I can actually I can remember it was seven takes. Uh, the first four were without the blood. The last three were with. Um, so you like change your shirt every time or something? New shirt, new blood, whatever. Uh, yeah. the shirt I think I changed once. Um, it was more I think because I was lying down where it ran. It mainly ran to like the back of my deck and my hair so it was more like just keeping my hair out give it a bit of a squeeze and keep the hair out of the way and that was pretty much it uh, but yeah no that was it was that was a really really fun day um yeah that was a really really fun day <laughs> you're like yeah I got killed it was so much fun <laughs> yeah it was and then it was obviously like we filmed that but then obviously had to go film other episodes we don't film sequentially it was like now i'm going back to go film another scene next week that's in like episode five or whatever so it's just like oh no i'm still alive for now um <laughs> but yeah it's obviously i'd love for ever to have done more um of course i mean it's 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 an amazing world it's an amazing show uh but i as much as it is a bit like mm, he's gone um 
it's it's fun you know he yeah, the fact that i you know i, I was in it, i had lines uh everard is you know he does look badass mm-hmm. um and i'm with you know the the cast members and characters that that i am with in scenes it was yeah i i think it was fun the fact that i got a little bit of everything it's like as far as being an actor goes um the experience like the full experience of it all is just just sublime um and i can't really ask so much more Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> so I'm going to ask some questions. I um, mm. I asked some of my patrons um, what they wanted to ask. And I also asked on Reddit. So I'm going okay. to ask um, the first question. This is from Haley. was, do you watch the show? Which is clear that not only have you watched it, you've probably watched it a billion times <laughs> as you were watching it. <laughs> <laughs> I season one I remember before it came out I had seen all eight episodes and this is no word of a lie I'd seen each of the eight episodes in full no less than 21 times <laughs> before it came wow. out wow. Um, and then season two not as much um, I still watched every single episode but I eight le- um, locked just after I left so I've seen eight only once in full like in its complete form before seeing it obviously when it's been out but yeah no i i have lived <laughs> every episode <laughs> you still watch it afterwards like on netflix just on your home computer even though you would already watched it a billion times before yeah um i i'm very fortunate to have like you know dolby vision and dolby atmos so i like watch it because we're working in 1080p uh it's not like you know fully jazzed up and i've seen obviously all without the visual effects now to finally see it with all the visual effects completed because you obviously go through different temp stages of vfx um Mm. yeah it's nice to just sort of sit down and watch it through for what it is uh yeah so yeah no i i have i I still do watch it even when it's done nice so another question we got from reddit was do you play the games which you said you you did and that you haven't fully finished three did you do any other stuff like when or throw breaker which i still i didn't look up what that was did you read the books did you want to read the books i played throne breaker um a little bit um and we spoke about playing gwent on season one during lunch times mm-hmm. never got to do it so i haven't actually officially played gwent yet uh, but i've played throne breaker i've partly played all the three computer games but not in depth and not completed um as for the books i gone through the first two books i'm obviously they're all the short stories i'm now going into the novels Okay, yeah. So I've read um, The Last Wish, and I'm not sure if I want to read the rest because I feel like I don't want to get spoilers for the TV show. <laughs> yeah. Even though I'm not sure I... I'll follow it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think the books are definitely worth a read. Like, I know, again, this stuff that we, we speak about, some of the guys I know, like, they are like super hardcore fans, you know, in regards to like the books and stuff um and so i know certain bits that happen in the books and for what i do know it's definitely worth reading them even if you're a fan of the tv show just Mm -hmm. like the games are worth playing the show gives a different spin on like it's focused on the on the books but it does give like you know a different spin um so if you're a fan of the witcher as a whole as a universe jump in okay so um, another person, Erin, asked what your favorite moments on set were and if you got to go home with any souvenirs. <laughs> um, favorite moment on set. I, 
I don't know a particular favorite moment. I there was never a day that I went to set that I did not like feel like it was surreal or that there was a slump in like what was going on, even when you know they're setting up to do uh different takes or you know just different setups and there can be a little bit of waiting around in that. There was never a moment that I was a bit like <sighs> It was every single moment was just phenomenal from either getting hugs from Kim or actually I'll tell a very quick story, uh, which involves Henry, which I hope he doesn't mind me saying. Um, there was a day filming episode three, scene one. So we were outside um, at the keep and I was on top of the wall. Um, and I had like, you know, I was fully dressed, had my lenses in and we we're all prepped and I'm on a, I'm on a wire. So if I fall, I don't, you know, injure myself. I was talking to uh, some of the ADs whilst I was up there, just having a laugh and whatnot. Cool. Anyway, Henry comes out, and again, the lenses—I can't see anything. Really? My lenses, yeah, I'm—I'm I'm, like they're a prescription. I have my assess and everything, <laughs> but still, I just couldn't see anything in the lenses. Anything like sort of further than this. Do you ever see me like squinting? It's just because I can't see anything. Wait, so um, I wear lenses, but so is it because they're colored and they're covering like? Yes. Yeah, because obviously your pupil uh, constricts and dilates. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the lens doesn't. So there'll be points where, especially when it's dark, your your eyes have gone, hmm, but the, not mm-hmm. letting any more light come in. Oh. Um, so yeah, there were moments I really couldn't see. That's really bad for being a witcher. <laughs> well, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we make it work. Um, so this particular day, I'm up on the wall, I'm back, you know, twenty five feet up or whatever it was. And sort of Henry's come out, people are about, but I'm over the archway. So I don't know if there's anybody underneath me or whatever. So Henry comes out, first time I've seen him, and he's like, gives a wave. Don't know it's to me. Uh, so, and that's partly because of lenses, and I don't know if anybody's beneath me. So he sort of waved, and I don't want to be that crazy. I'm like, oh my God, Henry's waving at me. Um, so I just sort of did this like really little thumbs up right by my side. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, and I was like, ah, oh, okay, it was to me. <laughs> it's like, damn. Uh, anyway, so sharp, I've come down off the wall and we're sort of talking amongst us, you know, with some of the crew and so forth. Um, can't remember what we were talking about. I was talking and I say something and then Henry is sat right next to me, like, but he was sat on this like little stone or log thing. <laughs> and again, because of my lens, didn't see that he was right <laughs> beside me. Um, and I was just like, oh, you know, sorry, Henry didn't see that. He's like, oh, no, it's fine. He was, you know, gracious about it. Um, I said to him, I was like, was it me you were waving at when I was on the wall? He was like, yes, just say good morning. And I was like, and I said, I didn't, you know, know it was me because of that. And I said, because the lens isn't that. And he, you know, I said, that's why I sort of gave this really little thumbs up, just in case I didn't want to be like that crazy guy. Oh my God, Henry. So he started laughing. I was like, and he's like, no, no, it was you. And I was like, uh, no, now. But yeah, no, he's, that was, just another funny moment um on set and we had so many moments um that we'd just be laughing about ridiculous stuff um actually i'm gonna before we sort of just move on i'm gonna just ask have you seen the um sort of making of season two like behind the scenes thing on I saw the season one making of. I don't. I haven't seen. I haven't seen season two yet. Which thanks for reminding me. I should watch. Ooh, give that a watch. There's a bit near the end of that where. I think we were filming, I th- I'm going to assume it was episode six and I'm talking to Paul and Anna and that just sort of gives you a sense 
of what things were like in between takes. It's us having a laugh, me messing about. Um, it that's like it was always, always like there was never a moment that was a bit like, oh, I just want to say Bird because it genuinely was so much fun. That's really nice to hear. I know. Um, sometimes I feel like people can forget about the purpose of entertainment essentially and like yeah. it can become something that's stressful and I think it like really defeats the purpose like you're here to you know enrich people's lives or entertain people and so it's great to hear that the process also was fulfilling and fun oh gosh yeah it's and I think in like this is a lot of people's dream jobs not, not everybody it's not for everybody but I genuinely know that there are some people who and again, I know some amazing actors who haven't been in a show, let's say, as large as this. Um, and I don't take it for granted ever. So I will, like, you know, I won't turn up and just be like, oh, because I am extremely fortunate, extremely fortunate to be doing something like this. You know, every single day was like, this is crazy, but amazing. And because, you know, I might not ever get another acting gig again. So, you know, enjoy it. Um, and that's the only thing I would sort of say to any other actor, um, regardless of where they are in their career, enjoy it because, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Good lesson about everyday in life. I, I always, <laughs> you know, think about like the fact that we can all die at any moment, you know, mm-hmm. some of the control. <laughs> True. Um, yeah, I guess back to the other question, did you get any mm-hmm. souvenirs from set? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> maybe officially no um i i there is there's something um i think you want a little piece to take away with you like for for memory's sake um and i i have something i won't say what but i have something i think didn't you i think it was you who posted like you've all got presents um sometimes like what you're down or like a statuette kind of thing a little set i'm looking at mine as soon as you said that <laughs> mine is on my little table thing in front of me yes there's um that was a uh gift from henry mm. yeah right oh so speaking of henry i was not gonna raise i wasn't gonna ask about other actors because i'm like this is an interview with you um but when i asked on reddit about questions people wanted to ask i got a very funny question i repeat it to you um okay. I, I call it the totally inappropriate henry gavel question <laughs> But it's very, very funny. So, so I'm going to put it up. Um, let's get it. Yeah, so I'm part of, um, I joined a lot of like Witcher fandoms. And one of, the, one of the Facebook groups that I'm in, the Witcher content is basically just pictures of Henry Cavill and people lusting over him. And I'm like, okay, I thought this was a Witcher group. <laughs> maybe discussing like theories or like talking about the characters and their I don't know plot relationships to like magic something but no it's just mm-hmm. <laughs> I have seen at the after season one dropped um I ended up seeing some things that I can't unsee <laughs> that fans have made or said when I'm just like wow it's well like I just like again like to see it there like at the moment like with season two I haven't really looked for stuff I've been I've got a weird relationship since this has come out I mean obviously of course I love it and it's you know 
but I sort of more just try to keep myself busy just because of things that I've got going on. Um, and there's a little part of me that goes, I don't really want to know too much about like what people say about me, if anything or whatever. Um, but yeah, if I at the end of season one, and I think this is probably the reason why there were some things cropping up, especially like for me on Twitter. I'm not really, I don't really go to Reddit often, um, but like on Twitter, there were some things that I was like, <laughs> wow, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know, um, nobody like I you know, spending time with the other with the other actors and stuff. Um, get to know them on a you know on a basic level but you never really truly know somebody um but from my experience um everybody genuinely lovely everybody every single person lovely um but i see why some people again particularly let's say super fans will lust over some people um just each of their own at the end of the day that's all i'll say (laughs) This is why I'm happy I do uh, mainly like webtoons because they're they're not real. They're drawn characters. So like if I'm lusting over a cartoon character, I, it's it's not a real person. Like I I don't feel like I try very hard to avoid uh, objectifying some, like a real person like that. You know, mm. like they're people. And like yeah, obviously like some people are paid to be pretty, right? <laughs> but but like you know we try to treat people like they're people with personalities and brains and emotions and feelings right people families they go home and live their lives at the end of it all and that's one thing that I think is really good about doing stuff like this is because you see an actor being an actor on screen and they're a character and then you know once you get to a crazy level of fame you get paparazzi and it's like (sighs) people are like we're just people at the end of the day and that's something you sort of learn very early on um again I've been fortunate to sort of either run into or meet sort of like some really hugely famous people um but just sort of remember they're just people at the end of the day like again you go to you know anywhere in central london you'll bump into somebody um <laughs> there are again funny stories that i've had of bumping into people but i won't divulge mm-hmm. uh, but and every now and again there's a, a moment of like holy crap it's so-and-so but you just remember like they are just people we're all just people you know just jobs that we love <laughs> so yeah okay. it's very comforting so i'll read the totally inappropriate henry cowell question and then the more mm. questions the totally inappropriate question but did you ever get to be in the presence of henry cowell okay starts not normal if so what was it like to be in his presence did you get to touch henry cowell <laughs> if so how did he feel what other senses can you describe from your Henry Cavill experience? Scent, sound, taste. If you could give this experience to someone, why would it be me? <laughs> <laughs> okay, a lot of that I am not going to answer. Uh, <laughs> I did. Um, oh, I, you didn't have set. to answer anything, by the way. <laughs> oh, no, no, I, it's um, all I will say is uh, he is a lovely guy. Um, he is professional. Uh, he is nice he's respectful uh like first day came around and said hello to each of us individually um which automatically you sort of go again being on set because it can be a moment of oh wow it's you know so and so but you're obviously there professionally and you're there and it is still a job so it's you know and 
I don't like to sort of go to people and be all like, oh, ah, oh, ah. Their moments to chat, we'll chat. I, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to chat with them and, um, you know, just talk about stuff. Um, but he, you know, he he very graciously came and said hello to each of us um, individually the first day on set. And then he'd always say, you know, hello when we were working together. So, yeah, he, he's a nice guy. He's And he is a guy. He's, he's human. He is a man. He is, you know, he's a, but he's professional. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for answering that question. So another person was asked, would you be friends with your character? <laughs> okay, so one thing, when you're given a character, you sort of obviously have to delve, but you ask questions of what the character is like. Because you know, it's never written unless it's like, you know, so and so is a certain way that gives you a foundation. Um one of the things I I wanted Everard to be like was a little bit sarcastic um and there's a line in episode six which I think sort of captures that and it wasn't written it was one I did completely by accident it was the um if you say so when Mm. Triss when we're accusing Triss of being associated with uh, the firefucker and I think it was the last take we're going through you know shooting the scene and she looked at me and I just no idea where it came from I said yeah if you, yeah if, if you you know and I sort of didn't mean to say that but it got kept in um but that was sort of me channeling my my inner Everard if I could sit down and have a drink with him I would um but I don't know if I would actually be friends with him um I'm like quite laid back and easygoing and far too chatty. Uh, he is less so. Which character would you be friends with um, on the whole Witcher? Um, <laughs> I don't like, I love Joey. I absolutely adore Joey. I don't know if I could like have Yaskia around me too much. <laughs> um, who, if I could call one of the one of the characters up and be like let's go hang out for a drink um i would love to sit down with vesemir because of his wisdom he's he's a cool calm collected guy um very knowledgeable very wise and just sort of chilled and i like chilled geralt's got a lot going on uh, <laughs> Lambert. How did Joey say? I'm, I'm sad and complicated. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, Lambert. Uh, Lambert's a bit out there. Um, I think Yennefer's got too much going on. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I would like to poke the mind of Tessa as well. Mm. Mm. She's something actually... I'd like to. To say one on cameo last week, um, to raise money for Ukraine, and I was like, "Yes, I." And I, you know, paid her or whatever to the cameo. The recorded message from my husband, because he's a big Tissa fan. So I'm like, "Yeah, thank God." Awesome, <laughs> awesome. She, she's lovely. Mm. So another last question from Redd
Oh, Stregable. Oh, okay. Mm. Just because he's a he's a dog of a man, isn't he? <laughs> uh, Lars obviously is amazing and does a wonderful job, uh, but I gravitate to let's say to bag. I love to sort of play mischievous bad people, um, and I think that Stregobor, he he he's just a a dog isn't he uh, um but again Lars does an amazing job so oh, I, I couldn't beat it I couldn't do a better job I couldn't do a better job well I think people can do you know equally well and just maybe different you know? mm, true 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 thank you now, <laughs> so I don't know if you can tell us this but do you have any plans to continue with the Witcher I guess from an editorial perspective um, unfortunately I can't say anything um there's nothing uh um let's say laid out officially at the moment um so yeah uh, it's anybody's guess i could <laughs> i might pop up back in editorial i might not i might pop up you know doing that's something else. I might... sorry that's the ghost of everard <laughs> uh, i would love to see the ghost of everard uh, <laughs> um and I think in the books, Yennefer can bring back people from the dead. So, you know, <laughs> come on, Yen. No, uh, no, I, I, I don't know. I, um, I, I love the Witcher world. And if I can dabble back in, I, I absolutely will. I, the people I worked with, the people I um, have just met throughout it all, the experiences that I've learned. Uh, it, this, considering it's such a, a huge show, um, I have learned so much in these past, what, three and a half years from working on uh, the first two seasons of The Witcher. Um, and there's a lot more to learn. I think for me personally, it's a it's a perfect place to learn um, just because of the scope and scale of it. Um, and I love it. So, yeah, if if I can dabble in, if I can be anywhere in it, I probably would if the opportunity arose. Will anything? I don't know. Who knows? Okay. So now the last couple of questions. Mm -hmm. um, just like more personal questions about, um, you know, how you think and stuff like that. So um, do you have, what are your, who are your role models, either either professionally or personally? And why? Hmm. Um, that's a very cool, I don't often sort of sit and think about that sort of thing. Not just, not that I don't want to, it's I just sort of never really consider it. If there's an actor that I've looked at and admired their career, um, that I sort of go, I aspire to, you know, even be, you know, 1% of that, it would be someone like Samuel L. Jackson. Mm -hmm. um, he's you know, he doesn't mind taking smaller roles. He doesn't mind dying. He can lead. He could, like, he's funny. He can play angry. He can play good, bad. Like, he is just, like, the range is insane. Um, and he's just a cool dude. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he's, you know, he's done amazing films. He's done films that haven't been as good as others. But, yeah, no, he, the fact that he, and he, doesn't mind it like that's something that i've always gone yeah in 
my day-to-day life um i i have a lot of people who i'm extremely grateful for that i've learned a lot from and i will like i've again throughout being in this this uh, industry and the careers that i'm you know walking uh down um i've just been fortunate to meet some great people um one of the best people i know is somebody i don't i don't or haven't worked directly with but has taught me a lot um it's uh, a guy called uh keith mason who is our vfx editor on the witcher um he's just a brilliant guy uh his you know career has been you know illustrious um and he like he he just says things as they are i he's just brilliant and he's somebody that like you know i um when i get a chance to talk to him he'll just sort of this is great about the industry this is not so great follow that don't follow that or that person whatever um uh, i'm extremely grateful to lauren um because she i've learned like again indirectly but i've learned a lot from her just uh in regards to going through something like a show this big um there are a lot of people like uh, my mother i love dearly um she (laughs) uh she she absolutely keeps me grounded but i i have a laugh with my mother a lot um and regardless of what i do good bad big small she's she's like my rock she um the great thing with like i had about the relationship with my mother is like we have banter mm. uh mostly at her expense mm. uh but you know um my my siblings I've got two brothers um sister they they all have been you know amazing throughout um and i've just like keep amazing and good people around you is something i'd always say um even if your circle started out like this when you were like a teenager and is now like that, um, they are the people that matter. And these people like professionally, like professional friends um, and family and like personal closer friends, they, they all feed into, you know, who I am as a person, what I do, uh, keep me grounded, keep me laughing, um, lift me when I'm having moments that are a bit... So, yeah, um, I, I've just got some good people around me. That's great to hear. So, yeah, um, it kind of leads into one of the questions we're going to end off on, but we'll, we'll come back to that in a bit. Um, what drives you when you wake up in the morning? What is your, like, what's your mind focused on? Just constantly, I've got to keep pushing forward. Um, there are some days where I, like, I'm always a morning person. I'll get up sort of like five half five six o'clock every day Uh, (laughs) I don't do nights are hard for me um I have to really like to stay up but I'll wake up in the morning and I'll always try and get as much done in the mornings as I can but I also I I know that like as much as I I I have achieved especially in the last few years I've still got a long way to go um and it's not about like you know being up here and achieving this that, and the other it's just more so 
<laughs> it's the best bowling again. Sorry. I literally just. <laughs> I just sort of half caught that. I don't know. Oh. Sorry. I mean, it's fine. Like... I tell you what the problem is. It's because <laughs> you saw that I obviously had the leak. Um, oh no so like i like we had a storm here about three weeks ago and lost part of the roof (laughs) and oh yeah 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 yeah. and like everything like my entire place is just damp so (laughs) my actual um kit that i had to actually hold that up just ruined um ruined (laughs) and obviously nothing with that because it's all because i live in a damp you know, <laughs> sorry, it's such is life. Uh, I'm sorry. That's fine. I was um, I was once recording like this song. It was like a mm. comedy spoof thing, and I also put like a black sheet in the bag, and like I had to do a million takes because it kept falling down. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Especially like you just got something really good, or you're in the flow or something, and then yeah, oh. I'll put it out one last time, purely for continuity. Okay. Um, please excuse me. So sorry about this. Okay. <laughs> yes, I've, I've been cracking up the whole time. I'm going to try to have a straight face for the last question. <laughs> sorry, I'm really sorry. I apologize. <laughs> okay, last two questions. Um, if there is one line that you would say it's like your line that epitomizes, you know, your approach to life. What is it? That epitomizes my my approach to life. <laughs> Blend in, then stand out. Oh, okay. that's how. I, that's one thing I've always. Whenever I go into any situation, um, I never want to be the first person to be like noticed. I I'm. I don't see myself as a big character in that way. And I think somebody who goes into it looking for that usually isn't, they're chasing something. I like to go into something and just sort of, you know, be there, realize what's going on, assess, and then be like, if I can sort of stand out in any way, then I'll stand out. So yes, blend in, then stand out. Yeah, I'm probably more one of those stand out in front of people. <laughs> but which is why you mentioned like who you be friends with. I'd be like, mm. yes, yes, fear, because I love flumbling on crazy characters. And yeah, my husband's one of those. He's Mr. Drama King. So <laughs> yeah. Cool. Whenever we're at a social gathering, I'm like, you know, and you hear like the loudest group, who's in the loudest? Group? <laughs> my husband. <laughs> Again, it works for some people. Um, I just don't think it ever works for me. I can't, because for me, if I do that, it feels like I'm automatically trying too hard. Mm. Um, and I think that also comes across. Once I'm like comfortable, then I'll be like, ha, 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 ha. As, you say, as I say, my, I think one of my worst traits is that I just yap too much. Uh, <laughs> so I, until I have to, I'll... <laughs> and then it comes out. <laughs> then it all comes out. <laughs> All right. And um, last question. If you, what advice would you give to people who want to get into a creative industry, either whether it's acting or editorial production, whatever? Don't be afraid to speak to people um, and be gracious in defeat. 
I when I very first tried to get into um behind the scenes production stuff uh before I got into editorial um I went for a job I you know I saw uh, it was only like as a runner um for a production and I went for it sent off my CV and you know, I would hear back and then I didn't get the job so I emailed back and it was like you know the fact they even told they emailed me back to say I wasn't successful I was like thank you um obviously it was still a bit like mm, but I was like thank you for taking the time to respond get my CV you know hopefully this goes well um and if you ever think that I can be useful for something get at me um and they turned around and gave me the job wow um wow just you know um and that's like there I I occasionally go and do talks and I try and help people try to get into the industry and it's yeah don't be afraid to talk to people um I got to the way I got into talking to um the editor who actually asked me to work with them the day before I got uh the Witcher role was I was at a networking drinks and like my mentor she was like oh he's an editor go speak to him and he was talking to somebody else and I was like oh you know okay I'll just speak to him in a minute he's talking she's like no go now and I was like so I sort of went over and said hi um I'm Nathaniel uh editing you're an editor we got talking and we got on like a house on fire and he invited me to go sit in with him for a day and that's why I am now where I am today um oh, that's awesome I love so, that yeah but people a lot of people think that like you know people it's uh, I used to think it was like a really sort of it's like a, a sort of super creative big industry but it's also intimidating if you're not you know if you've not gone through the hoops let's say so I didn't think there was any way unless you were you know you had gone to uni and or you knew people um and I didn't go to uni I didn't I didn't train for any of this but it was literally just talk to people and more than often they're willing to help um so yeah don't be afraid to reach out that's awesome I love that philosophy and I'll be honest, like before I asked you guys to do an interview, I was also intimidated. I was like, why would they say yes? Like, I'm just still random podcast. And like, I don't know them. And I was like, what's the worst that can happen? They won't answer you. Well, they're saying no. That's that. <laughs> exactly. And that's, you know, that's that's exactly why I'm where, where I look. That's exactly why I am where I am today. That's exactly why we're now doing this. And I, I say, just remember, like, at the end of the day, people are just people. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless, you know, if they wear a suit, if they wear like, you know, a, uh, a uniform, whatever, people are people. And as terrible as the world is, more people have humanity than you think. Mm-hmm. So yeah. don't be afraid. Oh, that is such an inspiring message to end on. So that is perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me. Uh, <laughs> and so gracious with like the million timing stuff. <laughs> 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 I, I, you know what? It's probably better that we did the individuals interview. Uh, sorry, in the interviews individually because I like we get to talk more and yeah, yeah. Having five that once probably just been too much. <laughs> uh, cool. Genuinely, thank you so much for having me. Um, I've really enjoyed it. Um, I wish you do it again sometime. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll do the trivia part soon. So. Yeah. Yes, indeed. indeed. <laughs> Which I have to prepare for. Uh, well, I'm not going to tell you what goes in it, but I have to prepare for it. <laughs> okay, I have got as much as I've seen the show oh each season i think i still need to brush up so no okay I'm, I'm placing my bets on you you've seen, you've seen <laughs> <a couple times. laughs> okay we'll see <laughs>
Uh, well, thank you so, so much. Have a wonderful day, and we'll be in touch. Indeed. Speak soon. All the best, and thank you again. <laughs> thank you to my current patrons, Susie, Lydia Libris, Lily, Jenny, Molly, Veronica, Emily, Joe, Rochelle, Dustin Telkos, and Rose, Alexa, Misty, Joanne, and Melta, Esther, and Martin, people, Emily, Jane, Jen, Erin, Kay, Lily, Beckett, Staranda, Christine, Sadie, Kelly, Teresa, Mrs. Nostaldo, Jen, Tatiana, Louisa, and Rachel. Your support is truly appreciated.